Vice Admiral James Cutter, USN, was in an office on the opposite northwest corner of the West Wing, and had been since 6.15 that morning. The job of special assistant to the President for National Security Affairs requires a man to be an early riser. At a quarter to eight he finished off his second cup of morning coffee—it was good here—and tucked his briefing papers into a leather folder. He walked through the empty office of his vacationing deputy, turned right down the corridor past the similarly vacant office of the vice-president, who was in Seoul at the moment, and turned left past the office of the president's chief of staff. Cutter was one of the handful of real Washington insiders, the vice-president was not among them, who didn't need the permission of the chief of staff to walk into the Oval Office whenever he felt the need, though he'd generally call ahead first to give the secretaries a heads-up. The chief of staff didn't like anyone to have that privilege, but that made his unlimited access all the more pleasant for Cutter to exercise. Along the way, four security personnel nodded good morning to the admiral, who returned the gestures as he would greet any skilled menial. Cutter's official code name was Lumberjack, and though he knew that the Secret Service agents called him something else among themselves, Cutter was past caring what little people thought of him. The secretary's anteroom was already up and running, with three secretaries and a Secret Service agent sitting in their appointed places. "'Chief on time?' he asked. "'Wrangler is on the way down, sir,' Special Agent Connor said. He was forty, a section chief of the presidential detail, didn't give a goddamn who Cutter was, and could care less what Cutter thought of him. Presidents and aides came and went, some liked, some loathed, but the professionals of the Secret Service served and protected them all. His trained eyes swept over the leather folder and Cutter's suit. No guns there today. He was not being paranoid. A king of Saudi Arabia had been killed by a family member, and a former prime minister of Italy had been betrayed by a daughter to the terrorist kidnappers who'd ultimately murdered him. It wasn't just kooks he had to worry about. Anyone could be a threat to the president. Connor was fortunate, of course, that he only had to worry about physical security. There were other sorts. Those were the concerns of others less professional than he. Everyone stood when the President arrived, of course, followed by his personal bodyguard, a lithe, thirtyish woman whose dark tresses neatly concealed the fact that she was one of the best pistol-shots in government service. Daga, her service nickname, smiled good morning at Pete. It would be an easy day. The President wasn't going anywhere. His appointment list had been thoroughly checked. The social security numbers of all non-regulars are run through the FBI's crime computers, and the visitors themselves would, of course, be subjected to the most thorough searches that can be made without an actual pat-down. The President waved for Admiral Cutter to follow him in. The two agents went over the appointment list again. It was routine, and the senior agent didn't mind that a man's job had been taken by a woman. Daga had earned her job on the street. If she were a man, everyone agreed she'd have two big brass ones. 
and if any would-be assassin mistook her for a secretarial type, that was his bad luck. Every few minutes until Cutter left, one or the other of the agents would peer through the spy hole in the white-painted door to make sure that nothing untoward was happening. The President had held office for over three years, and was used to the constant observation. It hardly occurred to the agents that a normal man might find it oppressive. It was their job to know everything there was to know about the President, from how often he visited the bathroom to those with whom he slept. They didn't call the agency the Secret Service for nothing. Their antecedents had concealed all manner of peccadilloes. The President's wife was not entitled to know what he did every hour of the day. At least, some Presidents had so decided. But his security detail was.